Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Tuesday, August 15th. It's six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. I'm there as well. Casey Daniels 317. And we're both on YouTube right now typing Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. And we are going to get to the grand jury indictment in Georgia over Donald Trump in just a bit. But first, let's talk about what's going on in Hawaii. The governor of Hawaii Josh Green, he confirmed that the wildfires are responsible for the deaths of nearly 100 people and many more could be found dead in the following days. They say possibly over the next 10 days. The governor has said that there are 416 FEMA officials on site. They have 20 cadaver dogs looking for more people that are missing and at least 175 National Guardsmen are on duty. But the question is, where's the president? Yeah, and we struggled with this. Do we lead the show with another indictment of Trump? And this is getting so stupid and comical at this point that I think most people have tuned it out and are laughing at it if they are tuning into it. But it is important. We will cover it. But the Biden behavior related to Hawaii is so egregious. Now, I guess late last night, he finally came out and was like, I'm going to give everyone $700, Mm -hmm. which should ask the question, how can the president of the United States just start throwing money at people? I thought the Congress was supposed to spend the money. And we'll get to all of that, how it's a gajillion dollars for Ukraine. But hey, if you live in the, if you live in the United States, States, you get $700. Um, But so cringe on Pierre, she shuffled out and did a little presser yesterday and just like it is Ohio train wreck 2.0, would not say when Biden plans to go to Maui. Um, does he want to travel there eventually to survey the damage and meet survivors? So obviously I don't have anything to announce at this time. Look, we're going to continue to have conversations with the administrator, certainly the governor in Hawaii, on uh, what the opportunities might be, what that may look like uh, for a trip. But right now we just don't have anything to share. You know what it looks like? It looks like you being there. That's what it looks like. It is a fairly simple answer, isn't it, Casey? This is this is so much like an absentee parent who misses all of the games and all of the practices and then feels bad and says, oh, but I'm going to buy you this wonderful gift. Like, I'm not there, but let me send you money. And isn't it weird? To your house that no longer exists. Well, isn't it weird that this is now the second time and generally... Natural disasters, look, as terrible as this sounds, we all are honest with our each other and we're honest with our audience. Natural disasters are generally phenomenal photo ops for presidents because it's seen as a non-political thing that you can go to and be a leader and be seen as sympathetic. And even if there's nothing you're actually doing from a purely political standpoint, which any person who rises to the level of president of the United States, they are a purely political person. There is no, there are no altruistic people left who are rising to that level, given the money, connections, et cetera, favors it takes to become president. So you would think, just like with the Ohio train wreck, that Maui would be a slam dunk. Hey, by it's a and it's a super liberal area. It's not like it's Ohio, which is a Republican state. That is arguably the most Democrat state in the entire union and yet just like with the train stuff for some reason he refuses to go is it he can't go is it he physically can't 
make the trip. Are they worried he's so they lose some sort of institutional control that he's going to say or do something ridiculous? I mean, it, it just blows my mind, Casey, on why he wouldn't go to this. Isn't he the guy who ran on being so compassionate and so empathetic to the American people? Where is that empathy now? It'll be really interesting to see if Hawaii now turns into a red state. But you're no right. No way. That is, there's no way Hawaii is turning red because these people are liberalism above all else no absolutely no way now uh biden went on vacation while people were dying in maui i mean this was so on a beach uh, just again an unbelievable level of i don't know tone deaf i would say tone deaf but i'm not sure biden knows where he's at half the time so i don't know if it is being tone deaf or he just shuffles wherever somebody tells him to shuffle but he's on a beach Mm -hmm. in delaware while people are dying in maui and cringe on pierre got asked about that on Hawaii, um, how does the White House respond to critics who have suggested that the president should not have been vacationing at the beach over the weekend as the Maui crisis became the worst wildfire in a century? So a couple of things, and I've said this multiple times. Um, the president is uh, certainly deeply concerned about uh, about the people in Maui uh, to, the, to the point where he has mobilized a whole-of-government approach here, uh, as he, he has done many times, to deal with these wildfires in Hawaii. Uh, from the beginning. You've heard directly from the administrator. From day one, FEMA has been on the ground dealing with this. There's more than 300 personnel, FEMA personnel. We've talked about uh, the 50,000 meals. We've talked about the 75,000 liters of water, uh, the thousands of cots uh, that are out there and blankets. And this is, there is more than a dozen, uh, a dozen uh, federal agencies who are, who are dealing with this issue right now that, uh, uh, that we're currently seeing in Maui. And it is a devastating sight. Now, she has she said that. She didn't answer that. the question. Right, of course not. Well, that's what she's really good at, <laughs> deflecting. She has said it. He hasn't. And this just came out from the Associated Press. South Korea has pledged $2 million in humanitarian assistance Hey, somebody finally helping us out for once. Yeah. Okay, so uh, she got asked, uh, and this, this, I think, was the most telling thing of all about just what a callous a-hole the president of the United States is. She could not name anybody Biden has called in Maui, Hawaii, whatever, to offer condolences to. Um, aside from the statement from the president, has uh, President Biden spoken to any family members of wildfire victims or plans to in the future? I don't have any calls to, to, to speak to at this time. Nobody. Can't name anybody. What's with the no comment? Did he not hear the question? Any anybody with with a heart would at least say, "Yeah, this is tragic. We have to do something." Well, so you're talking about he was was he getting out of an SUV of some sort? Getting I think, into an SUV, yeah, I believe. And and, and he and was the press at, said, "Hey, yeah." He was asked from the rope line about, "Hey, buddy, why aren't you doing anything?" I mean, good, bad, or indifferent, you're doing nothing. And he just like he smirked as he said it. Yeah, he smiled and jumped into the SUV. No comment. Uh, no, take two steps over and say this is tragic. We have to do everything that we can for these people. Yeah, I, it's, it's amazing. It's twice now. So it's clearly not an accident that in times of, and this, I guess, becomes the realization that during times of national emergency or disaster, you absolutely 100% cannot count on the president of the United States to take an interest or even fake taking an interest right. in your plight. Yeah. Like, like it's fairly alarming because we are in tornado season here in the state of Indiana, obviously. All summer long, we're prone to have instantaneous severe weather that'll strike up. So think about this. If you have 
some sort of tragically colossal weather emergency here in the state of Indiana and there's mass destruction, Biden's just going to look at you and go, no comment. No comment. But he's going to send a one-time $700 payment per household. I'm sure that those people who have lost their children... That's going to make him feel a whole lot better. All right. Uh, Trump got indicted again. I, uh, we, get, we have to cover it because it's a news story. But, I mean, this is su- such a joke at this point, Casey. It's so, I mean, it's they're, they're using the RICO Act, things designed to get the mafia. Mm-hmm. And, and Mark Meadows is in it. And Giuliani is in it. And I just, the clown show continues. <laughs> it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Last night in Georgia, which means we were working late too. 19 minutes after nine, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Donald Trump and 18 of his allies were indicted in Georgia last night. They say it was part of uh, Donald Trump's efforts to overturn his 2020 election loss in the state of Georgia. Uh, this is the probably the most comical indictment of them all because they're using the statute which allows you to go after the mafia to try to indict the Trump, the leading Republican candidate for president. And they're just, this woman is just, I mean, look, Bragg, Bragg and, and Jack Smith. I mean, I mean, there are some awful characters here, but this woman is, I mean, she is nasty and what a joke of what law enforcement, if you are in law enforcement or in, in some, a prosecutor or whatever in this country, and there are many fine people who are in those fields, you should be mortified and speaking out against, against this because she is making you and everybody in your profession look like a giant clown show. You're talking about the Fulton County District Attorney, Fannie Willis. She said that the defendants engaged in a criminal racketeering enterprise to overturn Georgia's presidential election result. Let's hear from her. Today, based on information developed by that investigation, a Fulton County grand jury returned a true bill of indictment, charging 19 individuals with violations of Georgia law arising from a criminal conspiracy to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election in this state. The indictment includes 41 felony counts and is 97 pages long. Please remember that everyone charged in this bill of indictment is presumed innocent. Specifically, the indictment brings felony charges against Donald John Trump, Rudolph William Lewis Giuliani, yeah, and then she goes on to list a bunch of other people. Okay, here's the problem with this, Casey. Yeah. And this is what actually originally, when we were putting our show together before the formal stuff had come down, the, these charges were posted to the court website 
before anything had come from the grand jury. Right. I mean, that is how you want to know how rigged this system is. These charges were posted before the people who are supposed to offer a recommendation on whether to go forward had supposedly issued said recommendation. This is a fait accompli. This is a kangaroo court. This is now a banana republic. This is... the founding fathers would be rolling over in their graves if they saw what had become of this incredible system that they had set up, which was designed to insert at all levels check and balances, but the check and balances were dependent upon the people in the positions having honor and decency, and that is long gone, Casey. The charges were put online before they were even filed with the county clerk. Now, Willis, uh, she said the defendants- Her last name is Willis, right? Yeah. So we now have to get a what you talking about Willis sounder for Fannie Willis. Kev, that is your job. (laughs) She said the defendants would be permitted to voluntarily surrender by noon, August 25th. She went on to say, normally we would arrest them, but with these people, we're going to let them voluntarily surrender. And she said that she plans to seek a trial date within six months and that she intends to try them collectively. This may be the thing. And I, you know, we kind of talked about Trump saying, I am one indictment away from from winning or whatever. This forcing him to go through the mugshot and this colossal waste of time. This might be, I don't know. The country may be just so partisan at this point that it doesn't matter. But this might be the thing that turns some people who were kind of still on the fence and says, we got this joker in the White House who can't even offer condolences to people who are being burned up in wildfires or visit toxic train derailments. But you're you're focused on this. Mm-hmm. And look, Trump's going to raise a gajillion dollars off the mugshot. You already know he's going to turn that in into huge money for his campaign. Maybe this will be the thing. Maybe it won't. But the reality is you better wake up if you're hearing our voice right now, because this is the complete weaponization of a position of authority designed to take out an undesirable. And if they can do it to Trump, they will do it to you. Yeah. And whatever you think about the Trump indictments, one thing is sure is that the political opponents, they're now being targeted. Welcome to the Banana Republic, also known as the United States of America. There's no going back. And I'd like to point out Trump can get indicted Four times, mm-hmm. four times, and the Republicans in the U.S. House of Representatives in the same amount of time can't even impeach Joe Biden. This is why I'm so done with the Republicans, Casey, because look at what's happening to Trump, and the Republicans are standing there with their thumbs up their backside going, somebody ought to do something about this, and they're doing nothing. They have the corrupt president of the United States and his crooked, evil, awful loser son dead to rights. And they're doing nothing. And this is what always happens. This is why the left always wins. Because even when the Republicans are in a position of power and in a position to do something about it, no matter how- They don't. There is a monumental amount of evidence against Joe Biden and Hunter Biden about financial, corrupt financial dealings and pay for play and pay for access. And the Republicans do nothing while Donald Trump is left- out to dry. All right, so Trump did truth this morning about this, and I thought this was pretty interesting. Let's do a live dramatic reading. Are you ready? Ready. And I a large, complex, detailed, but irrefutable report on the presidential election fraud 
which took place in Georgia, is almost complete and will be presented by me at a major news conference at 11 a.m. on Monday of next week in Bedminster, New Jersey. Based on the results of this conclusive report, all charges should be dropped against me and others. There will be a complete exoneration. They never went after those that rigged the election. They only went after those that fought the ele- fought to find the that fought to find the riggers. <laughs> the riggers of the election. He also uh, truthed out 36 minutes ago. Witch hunt. Yes, very All good. caps. Yeah, we've got Micah Beckwith hey, who's going to join us next. By the way, yeah. it is Micah's birthday today. It is? It is Micah's birthday today. Fantastic. So if you'd like to do something nice for Micah, and why wouldn't you listen to this very fabulous segment coming up, and we're going to do, because Micah's on the library board mm-hmm. in Hamilton, the Hamilton East Public Library Board, all this drama with this John Green guy yeah. and his book and where it's placed. Now you've got drama over whether board members should be pulled or changed. I mean... We will get to all the nitty-gritty on Micah's birthday. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Last great hope for humanity in this state. He is the conservative voice of the state of Indiana. Pastor Micah Beckwith joining us now on the DriveHubler.com hotline. All right, Beckwith, the the Republican Party basically uh, said mercy and said they're not going to mess with you running for lieutenant governor. There had been a lot of people who were trying to pull shenanigans behind the the scenes. But now it appeared Hupfer and the rest of the goon squad came out and said, well, I guess we'll just elect the LG at the convention like we've always done. You trust these jokers? Well, I mean, it's trust but verify. It's the Reagan philosophy, right? And I think that's a good move on Kyle Hufford's part in the in the party to say that. Um, what I'm what I'm doing, and this is probably why they are a little annoyed with me um, at best and upset with me at worst, is be, is I'm making them be honest, right? Like I, I'm basically saying, hey guys, either give it to the delegates or don't. Like if they want to, if they want to remove the vote from the delegates, okay, fine, just do it, and then let it be the governor's choice, but. This, they've been kind of playing both both part or both lanes, and they've kind of said, "Oh no, it's a delegate's choice," but really, it's not. And what I'm doing in the, in my run is is forcing the Republican Party to be honest. And I think I love the Republican Party. I'm going to be I've, I'm going to be a Republican my my whole life, you know, unless for God forbid they become Marxist or something like that. But but I, I'm gonna I'm going to fight for Republican values. I've always fought for Republican values and will continue to do so. But I want the Republican Party first and foremost to be honest. And when you have people in the party who forego honesty, it hurts the Republican brand. It hurts the principles. It hurts people don't don't come alongside of Republicans because they say, oh, well, that guy's not being honest and he's a Republican. Therefore, all of the principles of the party must be dishonest, too. And that's 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 really bad for for our country, for our state, for for the party. And, we, and so I'm just I always want to make sure we're holding each other 
to, uh, accountable and making sure we're staying honest. Yeah, I mean, it's really nice. It's really easy to be a nice guy when you always get your way. And you know who I see this the most with are school corporations, where it's really easy to say, oh, we love everyone and we want everyone to be happy and we serve the whole community. And then they don't get their way and then they turn into raging lunatics. And you've seen this with the Republican Party. It's easy to say, oh, yes, it should be a choice for the delegates until the delegates pick someone that you don't like. Yeah, that's right. And ultimately, the party leadership has to has to come to this conclusion. Do they trust the people or do they not trust the people? Because if they trust the people, then they're going to be okay with the delegates picking. But if they don't, then they're saying, well, you don't know, people, what you're doing. I know better than you because I'm the ruling class elite. So you need to get out of the way and listen to me. And we know that's not how our system is set up. That's not that's not what makes America great. America is great because we, the people, are the sovereign. We pick and then those who govern submit to us and not the other way around. And so my I think my race is just kind of helping the Republican Party come back into alignment with that philosophy. It's the people's office and the people should get to choose uh real quick and i know casey wants to hop in here but the problem they've got well they've got a big problem with you for many reasons one is we're friends but uh (laughs) two they they hate you because they know you will be an outsider who won't shovel their bull crap but also there's nothing they have against you like you're a normal person and you're squeaky clean and they're sitting there and i know hupfer holcomb incorporated is sitting there pulling their hair out right now going what are we going to do about this guy because he's very likable in person He's very normal, and he's not going to toe our line. So they're trying to figure out what to do with you, and there's not really much of an answer. Well, I think that's that's when Scripture says uh, live a life that is above reproach. I mean, that's why. So that when you do go into the battlefield, those who don't like you or hate you or want to destroy you will have very little to say at you. They'll they'll be ashamed of their slander, and that's that's all they can do. They can just slander me, but they know there's nothing there, and eventually it will just blow back on them, and uh, and it will go poorly for them. So, so that's why it's important to live an upstanding life. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means, but I, I really truly like – try to honor the Lord and everything that I do. And so, so I make mistakes. Sure. But, but I think for the most part, God has really protected me. He's, he's guided my steps throughout my life. And, and so um, now thankfully there wasn't social media back when I was a teenager, because then they might have something. <laughs> on me. But, but, but not uh, now. But, yeah. But not now. Right. So, hey, uh, yeah. Micah, you mentioned party leadership and the vice chair said that the system's been working really well the way it is for the most part. A lot of times the lieutenant governor pick is the governor's pick. And then the party secretary said that she lives in the farthest corner of northeast Indiana. And up in that area, people aren't even discussing this. Is that what you've heard? Are you hearing people talking about the lieutenant governor on your travels? Yeah, I mean, every everywhere I go when I crisscross the state, people are loving the idea. So they might not be talking about it uh, right now, but the moment I bring it to light, the moment I the moment I come into their their sphere, and I've been from Lake County to Dearborn County down to Evansville. I'll be up in Elkhart County tonight. I mean, I've been crisscrossing the state. This will be my second time back in Elkhart County. I've already been up in Lake County two times. Um, it's gonna. It's it. People are saying, man, this is really good. Why haven't we been doing this this way the whole time? That's that's the that is the common thread. It's people say this is actually going to be good for accountability. This is going to be good for the delegates. This is going to be good for the party. So so I mean, she may be she may be telling the truth in the in the sense that maybe up in Angola, people aren't necessarily talking about it a ton. But when I get up to Angola and I start to 
to bring light to this and say, hey, guys, this is what's been going on. Here's how it was designed to work. Let's just go back to the way it was designed to work because ultimately I think that's going to give us the best outcome. We're going to get the best candidates. And, and hopefully what happens with my race is that this changes the course of history for, for years to come, whether I'm in, the, in it or not. I, I, hope it, I hope it always is a delegate choice. I hope the delegates always get to be the ones to decide because when the power is in the hands of the people, it, it, it just works. It just goes better. I mean, it's, it keeps it out of the ruling class elite's hands, and, they, and the people get to decide. And so, so I think people are loving the message, and it's just we've got to get to – every corner of the state and we're doing it right now uh beckwith is our guest well i guess i should use your first name too micah beckwith is our guest all right so let's talk about all this drama with this john green guy you're on the library board there in uh, hamilton county and he lost his mind and people lost their minds because you moved where his book uh should be now look we we have said very clear and we tony kennett and i talked about this i think when casey was out this guy should probably be under investigation for uh, an episode of american greed of some sort because his profile picture looks absolutely nothing like what he looks like now in real life but all of that aside uh why are people so up in arms over where some guy's book is in the library well so this has been the left tactic for a long time they hate the policy that that the conservative board put in place a, a few months ago and it's a policy that would just keep sexually explicit material out of the hands of children that's what it is that's what's designed to do the intent of that is is that so the, I, I so they got together the left got together and i think in conjunction with the library director and i don't know this for for sure but I know the library director does not like the policy that we put in place. And so what's happening is now I think they're saying, let's move books. Let's make sure we get some books that shouldn't have been moved by this policy. We'll move them anyway. And then we'll go to the media and say, look at this. This is a perfectly innocent book. It got moved. Now let's drum up all of the media hype and make sure the outrage machine goes, goes to town on this library board. So, so the John Green book should have never been moved. The policy did not actually require that book to be moved, but the staff moved it anyway. So Micah, I, I, I've heard though that it's going to be, they're going to talk about moving it back on August 24th. Oh yeah, it's gonna get it's gonna get put back. Absolutely, it should have already been put back by now. I don't know what the delay is. Um, that's but it it should have been put back the second day that it was out in in the media, like that that we found out about. When first the first time we found out about it as a board, I know I've had conversations with all the conservatives on the board, and we're all saying, "Why did this book get moved? There's nothing wrong with this book. It should have stayed in the section." And so it's a staff error. It wasn't a board policy. It's not the board, and the board sets policy. We don't. We don't set process and procedure. We try to we try to stay out of the process and procedure. We just say, here's the policy. Now the staff and the director have to implement it. And so they messed up. It's their it's their fault. It wasn't the fault of the board. And we're and we're making sure that that it's going to get put back in. And and I think but here's there was another book that got that got brought up this this week. I think what they're doing. This is just my hunch. I think they're going to do this one book a week. Yeah, thing. they're going to say. Here's another book that got moved. Look at this. And this book shouldn't have gotten moved. And that's called a drip campaign. And they're doing it specifically because they hate the policy that keeps sexually explicit content out of the children and teen section. They want to put pornography in the hands of your children so bad that they are fighting this tooth and nail. That's ultimately what's going on here. I have a, I have a very quick question. I read an article in Indie Star where the Hamilton Southeastern School Board has caved on an appointment of a new member. And the Southeast 
Eastern School Board is supposed to be super conservative. And in this article in Indy Star, the president of the school board basically said, well, we're more focused on passing the referendum this fall, and we, we don't really have time to get into this. So wait a second. You're telling me the four conservatives, supposed conservatives on the Hamilton Southeastern School Board, are so invested in keeping people's taxes above the cap that they can't do this thing too? I mean, it, it's all it just always seems like it's money with these school boards, and the Hamilton Southeastern School Board now proving themselves to be absolutely no different, saying, well, we're, we're so invested in passing this referendum, we don't have time to do, I guess, any of our other responsibilities. Well, so there's a strategy at play here. So, uh, no, that's not what's going on there. So I actually Well, that's what she said in the Indy well, Star. No, no, no. So, so we, we, we asked them as the library board, as conservatives, to not remove the liberal appointee that they have on there right now for a couple reasons. But one of the reasons is because the Noblesville School Board is getting ready to remove one of the conservatives, and it will flip the board to 4-3 liberal again. So this time next month, the board's going to be liberal. And what I think is a good move, and what, I, what, I'm, what I'm daring the leftists to do, and that's why I'm saying it publicly here, I'm daring the leftists to remove this policy that protects children from from having pornographic material right in their faces. And if they if they get control of the board next month, and they remove this, they are literally staking their claim on the fact that they want to put porn into every single student's hands in, in Hamilton County. They want it in your children's hands. They want it in your grandchildren's hands. And so I, I said, hey, let's just let them, if they're going to, we don't, don't take the shovel out of their hand if they're going to dig their own grave. Let's, let's, you know, go ahead, make my day is kind of that, you know, what comes to mind. So it's, so it's saying, all right, leftists. You're going to have control of the board here. We put this policy in place that protects the innocence of children. Just go ahead. Just remove it. And the moment they do, then they're saying this is what we stand on. This is what we believe as Democrats, as leftists in this county, that porn should be in the hands of your children. And then and then we have cause to remove remove uh, their appoint, appointee. And, and they will. I mean, we'll get it back. We'll get the majority back a few months down the road, and then we can – then we'll start cleaning house. Oh, okay, I mean, do you I mean, do you now agree with me this is all stupid like we talked about last week and we have to change the way we appoint library boards and library boards are governed. This is all stupid. Well, I think I think to your point last week is is right. It's it's a taxing entity and it needs to be an election because it's taxation without representation right now. So so I do think it should be an elected position. This is why uh, it should be in charge of everything. This is why it should well, just be in charge of everything. <laughs> <laughs> but here's, here's the only caveat. I'd say this, uh, Robin Casey. I don't want it to be a nonpartisan election. If we're going to do it the same way that schools are done, that's how the leftists win all these school boards in Indiana is because they run on this guy that's like, oh, I'm a good person. I helped out. I sold concessions at the football game. And, boy, I'm likable. But then their, their ideology is far left nonsensical and then they they get control of the school boards that way and our schools go to hell in a handbasket the same thing's going to happen if we change this to be an elected office in the library well it needs to be partisan people need to know are you a republican or democrat because that says a lot about yeah. you right there i agree, so, I Micah, agree. the yeah. board of trustees says that this is going to cost about three hundred thirty-five thousand dollars and yeah. an average of eight thousand hours to complete is that true no, that's not true. So here's what happened with that number. So again, we have we have the library director who doesn't like this policy, and she's I think she's slow walking. She's putting out a lot of misinformation on purpose. She's making it look as bad as it possibly as as it possibly can be. And there was there were already going to be staff hires, and she lumped in 
uh, there was a there was six or seven staff hires that were going to be hired uh, anyway. And she said, oh, but part of their responsibility now is going to be to have to review these books. So we'll just say that their salaries are part of this whole package. Oh, and so yeah. she lumped their she lumped their salaries into that when really we were going to be paying for it anyway. And by the way, the library's sitting on thirty million dollars right now. So we. So wait, so wait, 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 wait. Just to make sure we're yeah. clear, you've got some person who's an employee there who might be sitting around with their finger up their nose, but because they gave them work to do, the library director's like, "This is going to cost X amount," but you're paying yeah. that person anyway. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. So it's all. This is all a coordinated campaign to make the conservatives on the board look bad, to make the policy look bad. And again, all the policy does, just for people listening, it just makes sure that sexually explicit content that would be harmful to minors, the same content that you would go to jail for if you gave it to a child outside the library, we're just making sure that that does not fall into the teen or the children's section. It's not saying we're banning books. We're literally just taking those books and moving them to the adult the adult section. You can still get the books. Yeah. We just don't want it to be in front of a seven-year-old's face when he's walking through the, the children's section looking for Curious George. All right. Uh, they're going to assassinate me, management, if I ask you another question, so we got to let you go. <laughs> but we love you, Beckwith. Where can people find you? Yeah, go to MikeandBeckwith.com or check me out on social media, and you can – you can learn all about all we're doing to keep our uh, our state great and, and fight for truth. All right. Thank you, Micah. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Stressed beyond her limits and overwhelmed by hours of shock and grief. No, we're not talking about me. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We're talking about Joan Meyer. This is a 98-year-old co-owner of a small Kansas newspaper who collapsed and died at her home over the weekend after police raided her home and the Marion County Records Office. Yeah, this is unbelievable, and everybody needs to totally pay attention and wake up to this because it is a very clear that you cannot do what these police did. And uh, the Federal Privacy Protection Act is what protects journalists from searches by law enforcement. Um, and it, you know, it, it requires police to jump through all sorts of hoops if you are going to attempt to raid a, you know, a, a newspaper or a radio station because there should be a very clear separation and you want your media outlets in this country to be holding your elected officials accountable. Yeah. And so what these the police did here is there was information that this it's a you know a local towny newspaper they got information on an elected official in the area who apparently had a drunk driving offense of some sort they got this information on this very powerful person in town and the allegation is that they were giving it to either her opponent or one of her adversaries or whatever and kind of seems if you start putting the dots together that this elected official basically went in and pushed their weight around and got the police to come in and do some sort of FBI major drug offender style raid on 
this newspaper, which is totally in violation, it appears, of the Privacy Protection Act. Well, and the newspaper said they weren't publishing it because they thought that it was an intentional leak to go against the opponents. So it's not like the newspaper was even putting it out there. They just had the information. And the law enforcement came in without a subpoena and started seizing records and they did they they seized the personal cell phone and computers and the newspaper's file server and all sorts of other equipment they killed even, this woman I even mean, they, their her alexa smart speaker they killed this woman casey this woman is dead now because of what law enforcement did uh, they, they, they literally caused this woman to have a heart attack and die and the bigger point on this here and this is what everybody needs to wake up on Post-COVID, the government, as a collective, has realized it doesn't matter what we do. We're almost never held to account. People don't fight back. And screw your laws. We're seeing it right now with Donald Trump. Screw justice. We're the government. We do as we please. And that's all that matters. And this is another example. This The law could not be more clear on this. And the police just flipped a giant middle finger to the law and said, what are you going to do about it? We're going in anyway. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. you touch the distant sands with tales of brave Ulysses, how his naked ears were tortured by the sirens sweetly singing.